Thank you for listening to the Identity House Ministries podcast. We hope you are encouraged and empowered by this week's teaching from Ron and Kate Webster. Dad, we just come before you in the name of Jesus. I thank you so much for um, just everything that you've done tonight. I thank you so much for the discussions, having walked around um, and listened to things, having added in some things too, just to kind of stir discussions along. It's been awesome. It's been super powerful. I pray that everybody that has been a part of this, has gotten something out of it. Um, if nothing else, then learning how to study your Bible just a little bit better and get to know God a little bit better. Um, we just thank you uh, for what you've done tonight and for what you're going to be doing in the future. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. All right, so um, I did not start the recorder earlier, so for those of you who are listening in via podcast later on, um, looking at you, Mike, you're out. Uh we broke the church up tonight to study three fruits of the Spirit, uh, faith, meekness, and temperance. Um, we encouraged some discussions, encouraged some Bible verses, and now we're going to have each group talk about what they've learned. And then Kate and I are going to add in um, what we have learned as we see fit after each group is done talking. So. Angel, you're in charge of faith. You want to add in to uh, what you guys talked about tonight? Or would you like to elect someone else to speak oh, for you? Oh, we elected. You elected? We elected the good leadership thing to do, which is to delegate. <laughs> awesome. Uh, <yes>. Awesome. <laughs> um, first and foremost, I'm probably going to talk in circles a little bit, partially because of low preparation, but also because, like, <laughs> because, Whoa. like, this topic, like, is very, like, Interconnected with. Yeah. Okay, faithfulness. Uh, The first big thing that we uh, found out was that faithfulness, um, an important part of faithfulness is understanding that like it's okay to take small steps and be be faithful in a little, just just to start and take those small steps because being faithful in a little will like manifest itself in more faith because of, of of like what will result of acting in that little faith and like. That will that little faith will be fruitful, and like seeing those fruits will increase your faith because like like think about it this way like if you like trust God in one thing and then He rewards you with that, now you feel like you can trust Him with more, and it's just like a self compounding like exponential thing of like you can just keep trusting the Lord and like He's just gonna keep giving you more because that's just the way that God works. Um, and then we also went into the definition of faithfulness. Faithfulness is not the same as righteousness. It's not about following the rules while the rules have a certain importance. Um, like, again, understanding where you're at, like taking the small steps and like just being faithful that God loves you and that God is your dad. Like he's looking out for you, even if, even if like maybe you're struggling with something that Christians are not called to struggle with. Um, the definition that we found word for word was a uh, general persuasion of the mind that something is true. Um, so just also like believing that like God is good, mm-hmm. God's looking out for you. Um, another thing that we found was that faithfulness is equal to trustworthiness um, because faith is trust, and as I said, it manifests itself. It is self-compounding. Like faith breeds more faith. Um, it is necessary for salvation. Um, something that we came across was that the Word of God is essential to faith. Um, so understanding God's Word, something that I found very relevant and very important, is that it also says that Jesus is essential to faith, and the Word of God is Jesus. So, um, And you get your sanctification through Jesus, and so faith is essential for your sanctification and for your salvation. And like, you know, it's a, it's a nice... Yeah, circle, because that's how God works. He's like a circle. <laughs> <laughs> um, another big thing, uh, even if you don't feel it, uh, God is with you. So, like, t- acting out in these little acts of faith, that's okay. As long as you're, as long as you're, you know, going in a positive direction, you're still going. Like, no matter how much you're going in that positive direction, you're still going in a positive direction. You're still making progress, and that's good. Um, and so, part of Part of growing your faith is acting in that in, in that faith, um, even if it's just like you know screw screw everything else, all these lies that the enemy is telling me, and just like 
dead focused on like what God is telling you and like what God tells you to be true and just accepting it to be true even if it doesn't seem like it's true mm-hmm. but God told you it's true and God wouldn't lie so like you know that means it's true and you have to be faithful in that and it's gonna it's gonna manifest fruits um, and then another big thing faith without works is dead that's something that scripture says um, while the works that you do are not necessary for your salvation having that faith that is necessary for your salvation will manifest in works like the bible says that it is guaranteed that that's how it's going to happen yeah um and so like if if you say that you have faith but at the same time like there's no fruits in your life like maybe you need to like reevaluate where you're at and like work on work on that a little bit more um, and another big thing that we found is that faith is contagious. So, like, just being around other people because you are a leader, being around other people and acting in that faith and showing them, like, that your faithfulness is fruitful will also show them that their faithfulness can be fruitful as well. And that, like, you having faith in the Lord means that they can also have that same faith and, like, they can also do these supernatural works and, like, perform miracles and all that good stuff. Cool. Good. That's awesome. We'll give a round of applause for the, for the faith group. Awesome. Um, a couple things that I think are really cool uh, that was mentioned that you guys talked about. Um, faith. Um, <clears throat> how did you word it? The last thing that you said? Faith being... Contagious. Contagious, yes. Uh, there's a gift of faith in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, and the gift of faith has to do with having great faith to like perform miracles, but it also has to do, um, which is often overlooked, uh, and this is something that the Lord showed me, the gift of faith also has to do with an atmosphere, setting an atmosphere for people to come in to experience what faith looks like. Yes. It sets up an umbrella, and that isn't often talked about. But that's just a little thing that I'm going to mention as a nugget. So if you want to learn more about that, you can come back when we actually teach on the gift of faith. Um, but shameless plug. That's yeah, it's a shameless <laughs> plug. Come back later. <laughs> Between belief and faith, um, I know that's kind of yeah. kind of hard to do in a nutshell. But yeah, um, I think so. I think that uh, one of the things that was mentioned in the definition is that faith is being persuaded in the mind and so I think uh, faith really begins um, I think faith really begins with a thought process with agreeing with what the truth is and I think it really becomes a belief system as it seeps down into your heart and hits your heart you know it's really easy to say that like well I have faith that my wife loves me because in my head like she says it, but it's way different to actually believe that she loves me. I have faith that God's going to heal me because his word says it, but do I really like believe in my heart that it's, it's going to happen? You know what I mean? That's what I would say, Matt. Do you have anything? I would just say faith like takes belief to the next level. Uh, that's, I would say belief is almost something... I saw it, so mm. I believe it, as right. opposed to faith is, I don't see it, but I still mm. have faith that it's there. Right. Well, yeah, it, it is that. It, it also is, I think, at least is my perspective on it, like, I can believe that, you know, Jesus died on the cross for my sins, but it's my faith that takes me to the point where I'm actually going to act on that and repent and accept him. Yeah. And so, like, be, you can believe anything, right. but the faith is the thing that makes you act upon that belief. Right. That's right. This is the let's say the devils believe when they fear and trust. Exactly, exactly. Okay, do you have anything to add? I'm sorry, I should have asked you first. We're teaching this together, not me and Matt. Um I repent. Sorry. In regards to faith and belief? Yes. No, I would I would just pretty much say what you guys had said about that. Can I add something actually? I don't know how necessary it is, but it just came to me. Um, when we were reading, it drew um, like focus to how scripture is necessary for faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the definition, it says um, it's the self-persuasion of, what was it? The, the, the Persuasion of the mind. Persuasion of the mind. So um, 
like reading scripture and believing it, I guess is ne so necessary that it's in the definition, which is you're persuading yourself back to truth right? in, in, in that sense. So Romans 10 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Of God. That's where we got yeah, that. Yeah, we read that. Yeah. 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 Great. Um, so a couple things that uh, actually, you know, honey, you can go first. You want to read this the story? We'll talk about the story for a second. Um, I was going to give two testimonies actually. Go for it. That's what I was thinking at first because yeah. if faith is contagious, you might as well share what you got. Right. So um, when I think of faithfulness, there are two specific examples in my life that I love to be able to tell people. And one of them um, is the year that I did AmeriCorps. Um, and AmeriCorps, for those of you that don't know, it is a volunteer <coughs> service project. Um, so you can sign up for different sets of hours for like, do you want to do it for a full year, half a year, you know, whatever. And so I did the full year one for the full-time position. And that meant that I didn't have a job for a whole year because I volunteered as if I was doing a full-time job. Um, so there was no time for me to have another job. Um, and so I originally was um, living actually at Ronnie's parents' house while he was living at the boys' house. <laughs> Fun times. Um, <laughs> and so um, I was able to live there rent-free, which was wonderful, but God had called me to move out and he gave me a place to live. Um, but I didn't have money to pay for it because I was volunteering. Mm -hmm. But um, God had taught me about tithing and making sure that I always gave my first 10% to him. So anytime anything came into me, I made sure that I gave it back. Um, and because of that, um, that really built up my faith and I always was able to pay rent on time every single month. Mm -hmm. Um, until I was able to get a full-time job after my time was finished. Yeah. Um, and most people would have said, girl, you crazy, you don't have a job, you're not going to be able to pay for an apartment by yourself with nothing. You've got nothing. And I never once had to dip into my savings. Mm. Um, so that is something that like gets me super excited because money has always been a fear in my life. Um, but because of that particular time that really built up my faith that God said, girl, I got you. Like, I really got you. You are fine. Yeah. Um, my second story. Can I, can I add on to that oh, one? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, not only did God provide a place for her to live then, but he actually, through that same obedience, like the Bible says that when you're faithful, he repays you 30, 60, and 100 fold. Not only did he provide a place for Kate to live then, but when we got married and started looking for a house, through that same obedience, through tithing when she had nothing, he actually provided this house for us because part of buying this house was we had to pay off a certain amount of her college oh, yeah. tuition mm. and college loans. And part of working for AmeriCorps, part of the deal was that they were going to give us some sort of, I don't know if you want to call it a grant money or, or yeah. what, but they were going to pay off yeah, scholarship money. Scholarship money. She, they were going to pay off part of the college loan. And they actually gave us more than what we needed to pay off in order to buy this house. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, which is just like crazy that that her tithing when she had nothing like and Jesus even talks about the the woman who tithes when she has nothing is actually giving more than the person who yeah. tithes just the 10% yeah. even though they have everything so yes um, and then my second um, faithful testimony is my personal favorite um, because um, the living proof of it is in the other room over there um, so for those of you that may not know, Ronnie and I um, had a miscarriage three years ago, um, which is incredibly devastating. I don't know if anyone has ever experienced it before or know anyone that has experienced it. It is incredibly heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, and so uh, we had prayed for a very long time about starting a family and what that would look like and, and everything. And God had given me a dream about Oliver mm. and even had told me that his name was going to be Oliver Timothy. Um, and that we were going to call him Ollie, and this is what he was going to look like. And because uh, in my dream, he was probably about four years old. Um, and what was awesome about all of that was that we, I had that dream um, in December of 2018, and then um, 
we found out that we were pregnant in February, which is um, awesome because um, when this other baby was going to have been due was around the same time that Oliver was going mm -hmm. to be due. Yeah. Um, and then Oliver ended up being born in December 2019, a year and a day after I wow. had my dream. Yeah. Wow. Um, so God's faithfulness in that to just like really build up my faith mm -hmm. that he said we were going to have a family and he was going to redeem all of this for us and this is what it's going to look like. Yeah. So if you want to experience my testimony, he is currently sleeping <laughs> in the other room. Yay. Yes. You yes. want the story? Yes. And so I have a story of great faith. So if you guys want to follow along with me, I'm <clears> in First <throat> Kings chapter 18. <laughs> We're looking at verses 25 through 39. A lot of fire and destruction in this one. Yeah. I like it. So, just to give precursor to what's going on, Elijah has just come back from being in the wilderness. It hasn't rained, and everyone is sad. <laughs> That's what's going on. <laughs> so, Elijah has come back, and he's challenging the people that are in charge right now to be like, you guys. You need help. <laughs> and let me prove to you why. So then this fun story happens. So starting in verse 25. And Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose you one bullock for yourselves, and dress it first, for you are many, and call on the name of your gods, but put no fire under. And they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it, and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O oh, Baal, hear us. And there was no voice, nor any that answered. And they leaped upon the altar which was made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is God. Either he is talking, or is he pursuing, or is he in a journey, or perhaps he sleeps and must be awakened. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their manner with knives and lancets till the blood gushed out of them. And it came to pass, when midday was past, and they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that there was neither voice nor any answer, nor any that regarded. And Elijah said to all the people, Come near to me. And all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order, and cut the bullock into pieces, and laid it on the wood, and said, Fill four barrels with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, Do it the second time. And they did it the Do second it. time. And he said, Do it the third time. Do it. And they did it the third time. And the water ran around about the altar, and filled the trench also with the water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burned sacrifice, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, The Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. I love it. That's so good. Great faith. Yes! <laughs> he was literally against everybody. Yeah. He was alone. But said, God, you are who you say you are. I have the faith, and I'm going to prove it. One of, the, one of the big things for me personally to take away about, from that story, and just the concept of like faith and faithfulness in general, is that um, 
I know a lot of the times people will wonder, well, why, God, why aren't you using me? Or, God, why aren't you blessing me? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Um, and I know that we've, uh, Matt and I in particular, have been a stickler about this when it comes to the modern day uh, definition of um, grace and how grace in modern terms means divine favor. But in the, old, in, in the New Testament, when you, when you study out the Strongest Concordance, it means God's divine favor on the human, or God's divine um, influence on the human heart and the reflection of it in the person's life. Um, and so a lot of times we wonder why God isn't using us um, because we're his favorite. Like he should be using us. He should be giving us these things. We have this sense of entitlement. And so one of the things I want to point out in this um, is that Elijah was one person believing and having faith in God amongst a lot of other people that did not. And so I would like to present to you guys as something to meditate on, something to think about, a little nugget. God doesn't play favorites. He plays faithfuls. Mm, that's good. So um, that's the way I've always kind of seen things. Because I think at the end of the day, one of the other definitions of grace in the Old Testament is favor. Um, and so I think that because we are his children, I think to some degree we're all his favorite. But he's not going to always play his favorites. He's going to play the people that are faithful. Those who are faithful in little will be faithful in much. It's a big thing to take away from the fruit of faithfulness, right? Yes. I'm going to throw a wrench in this thing. Go for it. But I agree you know, that I hate my heart like the faithful, right? Right. But he does, and we know many uh, uh, incidents in the world but also during history with men that did nothing in fact were unfaithful and God still chose them the exception yes right but uh, and it's like in the process he taught them to be faithful right you know? like Peter right, right? Um, it's just interesting to me it's just that aspect of the grace of God mm -hmm. that God finds you empowers you right equips you empowers you and releases you right well when, I, when I'm saying this right counterpoint I'm not talking about those who aren't saved and aren't believing I'm saying us as Christians as believers right, right now right right if you're wondering why God isn't using you right now right be faithful in the world does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That that was my main point. Okay. And then the other thing, too, that I'd like to point out, too, is if you're wondering why you haven't heard his voice recently, maybe you need to go back to the last thing he told you. Yeah. Come on. Good. Because if you weren't faithful in that, why would he tell you something new? So good. That's bro. good. Right? That's so. Good. So good. Sweet. Um, do you have anything else to add about faithfulness right now? Do it. Good, be faithful. All right, meekness. It even says it three times. Do it. Do it. Do it. For the record, uh, Dad God is not Darth Sidious. So if he tells you to do something, please do it. He will not, uh, he will not shock you with lightning, so you'll be okay. He's not All right. You guys, like, has freedom to interject at any point in time as I blurred. Blurred? Blurred? As I splurge. I like, <laughs> I like the new word. I like blurge. Blurge. Good word. I like that. Good word. Blurge. Okay, so we had meekness. Um, and how we kind of started was just to, like, reread, you know, Galatians 5.22. Um, and then from there, looked it up in the Strong's Concordance of the definition. Um... Basically, there's a few different, what do you call them, code things? Um, code the things. The, the numbers, yeah. the Strong's the number strong index. Strong's numbers index. Things. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. And so we follow the trail. And um, basically, I'll just go ahead and read what we wrote down here, and then we'll break it down. But meekness is mildness of disposition. Root word is praos or praeus. Um, and then the second root word from that is accept his dealings without argument or resisting. Um, opposite of self-assertiveness. Not, what does that say? Oh, not concerned with self. Wholly rely on God. Trust in his goodness. Um, also mild and humble. Um, 
So we looked up a couple of the verses that were also listed on our little sheet, which was Matthew 5, 5, Matthew eleven twenty nine, and 2 Timothy 2, 24 through 26. Um, each of those, Matthew 5, 5, is the meek will inherit the earth. Um, Matthew eleven twenty nine was um, Jesus being meek and lonely of heart, um, and we will find refuge, you know, our, giving our burdens to the Lord, and he'll take care of us, basically, is the context of that. Um, and then 2 Timothy 2 um, talked about how um, when we... I, I thought this was... I'll just jump into this example, but at the very tail end, when we broke down that 2 Timothy, um, I feel like the Holy Spirit just uh, reminded me of an example a couple months ago. Um, Elliot and Noah and I um, and Caitlin went out to oh, yeah. lunch after um, IDH worship had um, led at the River Church. Mm-hmm. And I had been going through like a really rough season, and I was kind of coming out of the tail end of it. But Elliot said something that was really... and just pretty much displayed all of, like, what meekness was, but also in authority. Um, and we kind of came to the conclusion that meekness is basically power under control. Um, and I had just been kind of telling Elliot what had been going on um, recently, and he immediately was just like, how is your book going? Like, I have this children's book that, like, I know the Lord has called me to do and to write and illustrate. And immediately I was like, I haven't worked on it in, like, months. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you need to allow God to heal you through your art that he's mm-hmm. called you to do. And in obedience, which goes back also to the faithfulness. Um, which, I repent, I have not completely done that yet, but I am working <laughs> I, on it. Back to, what was but, the point she was making about God, about, you know, if you're not getting somewhere to go back to her last place, he told you. Yeah, if you're not yeah. hearing from him. So that goes back to this. So, like, this whole thing I is, like, really, like, like I know. <laughs> yeah, so this is all, like, uh, <laughs> for me right now. Um, but it was just cool to see how, you know, Elliot could have been, like, you need to work on this book. Like, you know, you won't be walking in God's blessing if you don't do this and walk in obedience. But he was just, like, hey. God wants to bless you, and God wants to heal you. So allow Him to heal you as you work on this, and as you like walk in obedience. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just kind of clicked. Wasn't like a moment where it clicked for me about how through meekness um, and that self control, allowing God to speak through Him, and kind of seasoning His words with salt to ignite my heart, um, which was just really powerful. Um, so I don't know if you guys have had a moment like that before where someone's spoken to you. But in 2 Timothy, it basically talks about how... Actually, I feel like I just need to read it. Um, thank you. It's uh, verses 24 through 26. Uh, and this says, The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wrong, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. So, um, in my version, it says with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition, but it should say, like, meekness in the King James. Um, so, uh, anyway, I had always grown up thinking that meekness was just, like, being a pushover. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had been growing up, people, um, as I was growing up, people would be like, oh, you're so meek and gentle and blah, 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 and I was just really a shy kid, so, you know, in their minds, they were complimenting me, but I was thinking, I'm just like a pushover, and I'm just quiet, you know, mm-hmm. um, so it's kind of redemptive for me to learn more about what meekness means, um, and as you put your trust and reliance on the Father, and allowing Him to take control of the situation, then you'll position your heart to know how to react from that, or, you know, walk out from that. You know, I, I, this is probably the only, one of the only, like, uh, foods that I didn't read, uh, didn't study, meekness. Like, when I was, you know, even younger and, like, became a Christian, I was like, she felt like, oh, meek. You know, right away, I did <laughs> Don't call a man meek. 
Yeah. But then I realized that Jesus was called meek, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's cool because one of the verses that I was drawn to is that when Jesus was talking about the meek will inherit the earth, you know? And, and it's interesting because he's telling he's telling a bunch of like village people, you know, and yeah. he's telling them mm -hmm. that in the time when like Caesar, the, the power they occupy, they know what strength looks like, right? And he's teaching them like, Hey, the meek will inherit the earth. You are the meek, and 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 uh, and you know, and it's so cool the definition because um, uh, when he's talking about that as well, it is another illustration. Uh, you know, I've read that. No matter what, that that they trying to uh, describe, just try to describe. It's basically a stallion under control. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's like brill him. Oh, yeah. You know, so so. Uh, it's it's powerful to me that illustration and definition that it's like power under control. Like Jesus, he had all power and authority, but he chose to be meek and submit to authority, right? Mm -hmm. Not drawing, not drawing him uh, attention to himself, right? In our situation, like, mm -hmm. hey, I, there could, Jesus could correct us, could have corrected the world in a very different way, mm -hmm. but he chose to come and be a servant. Mm -hmm. That is just a powerful, uh, like. You don't think, honestly, for me, it was like, Nick, I don't like the word. Like, you know what I mean? But it's so powerful mm. in that. Yeah. Wow. I have something to share. I've shared this before, but I, I love it so much, like the power under control thing. Yeah. I've heard a, um, I don't remember who it was, some some Greek scholar that was like teasing out the, the meaning of that word in the Sermon on the Mount, like the meek will inherit the earth. Right. And he was like, that word meek, the idea behind it is, a person that owns a sword knows how to use it, but consciously chooses not to. Yeah, that's I think crazy. that's awesome. That's <laughs> yeah, so so good. Good. It's like he's a dangerous dude, but he yep. restrains himself for the good of everyone around him. Yeah, it's like so awesome. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, the Bible says that all things work together for good to those who are called according to His purpose. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. I thought I read this this definition here and it made me think about that verse because it says meekness towards God is that disposition of spirit in which we accept his dealings with us as good and therefore without disputing or resisting I just thought it was cool because we think all things work together for good I mean it's no matter what happens you know and, and it's a it, in the, that verse it says those that are called according to his purpose and you know and I think that you know even when we when we draw back sometimes, when we get in those low spots and, you know, we're in a valley and we're, you know, we're bellowing, even maybe we're bellowing against God, that all things, he's still, we're still called according to his purpose. That, that, I mean, he's, he does, that, that calling, the anointing might go away, but the calling doesn't go away. Right. So we're still called. Right. And, and so because of that, that when we go through this valley, sometimes we do things that, that aren't exactly, you know, maybe not even godly, but, you know, they're wrong. Yeah. But, he, but he's going to turn it all around mm -hmm. for his good. That's good. Mm -hmm. so, Really good. Yeah, that's good. You guys have anything else to add? Yeah, I think that's pretty much anything. You had touched on what Elliot talked about about you know, Jesus' sacrifice and yeah. power and control yeah. um, on the cross because he could have done something completely different. Like meekness is very much about giving up your right. Yeah. Yeah. It's giving up your right. Jesus had every right in every situation that he was weak, meek. Gave gave up his right. He wasn't supposed to hang on the tree, but he stayed there. Yeah. Um. One of the things that I like really love. I love. Uh. Bill Johnson has a lot of things to say about like meekness and humility and. I love it when he talks about it because he brings up like the idea of a father playing with his children and like wrestling with his children, mm -hmm. and the father knows that like <laughs> the father could crush the children <laughs> if he wanted to. You know what I mean? But the father is meek about it because he's trying to teach his child what strength looks like, mm -hmm. and so true strength isn't taking it isn't taking what you want. It's not taking what you feel like you deserve. It's knowing that your strength is there to spur people on to doing the right thing. Mm. It's to serve. Um, it's to be there to show people the right way to go. And like 
it's it's a humble it's a humbling thing you have to be humble about it and one of the definitions of that word of meekness is humble or humility um, one of the reasons why I don't like new translations when it comes to Galatians 5 and the fruit of the spirit is because new translations modern translations translate meekness to gentleness and gentleness is a fruit of the spirit that is mentioned earlier so you don't need to mention it twice um, and the 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 thing about it is that like you can be gentle without being meek. You can be gentle without being humble. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But you cannot be meek without having a gentleness to you. Um, because you're so content and persuaded that God is good and he's working all things together for your good, you're going to let God be God and not defend yourself. Um which I think is really cool. And I think the best example of that in the Bible, um, we read this a couple weeks ago when we did the teaching on Moses and his intimacy with the Lord. Um, If you guys want to read this with me, you can go to Numbers 12. Um, Before you you read that, it's very interesting that I read just that with gentleness, that requires meekness, which is strength to be gentle. Right. It requires strength to be gentle. Right. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, so. I like it. I like that. Cameron and Monica are actually going to be talking about the fruit of gentleness next week, so we won't get too much into that. But it's, it's, it's interesting, too, like, and you'll see this, too, as we get into temperance in a second as well. Like, one of the reasons why this is called the fruit of the Spirit, one word, one fruit, and not the fruits of the Spirit, is because when you're saved, when the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within you, you begin to manifest uh, the fruit of the Spirit, you begin to manifest all of them at once, but to different degrees. Yeah. They're all interwoven. You can't manifest one of them without manifesting several of the others at the same time. And so you'll begin to see, like Corinne mentioned, like, oh, meekness was interwoven with faithfulness. Well, Self-control. Right, which is temperance, which, again, is another fruit of the Spirit that we're going to be talking about in a second with the temperance group. Um, so, uh, Kate is going to go take care of my little Ollie baby burrito. Ollie <laughs> baby. When he was born, when we would wrap him up and swaddle him. He looked like this like little, little burrito. burrito. So I had a little song that went with it. <laughs> Do what? <laughs> we were in labor for over twenty. We were in labor for twenty-nine, almost thirty hours. Wow. By the end of that, I was starving. So, all right. Uh, numbers twelve. We're going to start in verse 1. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. So they said, Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek, more so than all the men on the face of the earth. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, Come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out. Weird things to mention here up to this point. Moses wrote this book, and God gave him permission to put this in the Bible. What a plug. So funny. Dang, dude. The other thing to take into account, too, is that the Lord spoke to all of them and told them to come to the tent of meeting. Um, which I think is very important. And if you study out the entire context and story of how the Lord spoke to Moses and Israel and all that stuff, you'll see why. But we're not going to get into that tonight. Um, then the Moses, then the Lord came down. Then the Moses. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the door of the tabernacle of, and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both went forward. Then he said, "Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak to him face to face, even plainly, not in the dark sayings, and he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? So the anger of the Lord was aroused against him, and he departed. And when the cloud departed... Uh, from above the tabernacle, suddenly Miriam had become leprous, as white as snow. Then Aaron turned toward Miriam, and there she was, a leper. So Aaron said to Moses, O my Lord, please do not lay this sin on us, in which we have done foolishly, and in which 
we have sinned. Please do not let her be as one dead whose flesh is half consumed when he comes out from his mother's womb. So Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, Please heal her, O God, I pray. Then the Lord said to Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, would she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out of the camp seven days, and afterwards she may be received again. So Miriam was shut out of the camp seven days, and the people did not journey till Miriam was brought in again. A couple things I want to point out here is that Moses, the first, first of all, in Moses' meekness, he did not defend himself. He let the Lord defend him, which I think is super cool, and I think that's super important. And again, in, in Moses' meekness, he could have said to Aaron, no, I'm not going to plead with the Lord on her behalf. I'm going to let her suffer because she offended my pride. But in his meekness, he said, I will pray and I will talk to the Lord. And because the Lord loved Moses so much, spoke to him face to face, plainly, and that Moses saw the form of the Lord, the Lord said, after seven days, she can come back in and she'll be healed. I think that's super cool. And so when I, when I think about meekness, I think about not only like, not only do we have to be humble enough to receive correction from the Lord, let the Lord direct us, let the Lord move us, let him actually be God and us be the servant of God. But we also have to know that when other people come along, our meekness has to be used for their benefit as well. Does that make sense? What was the significance of the seven days? Um, you know, why, why did he just heal it right away? Uh, uh, a discipline. He likes seven days. Um, Wasn't that a ritual? They, they yeah. members had to stay outside for a certain amount of time. Well, they, oh, until they were healed. Uh, yeah, something like that. But yeah. in, in reference, the Lord says, if if a father, if her father had spit in her face, would she not be shamed for seven days? Let it so be that way. So essentially he's saying if a father were to discipline her for whatever reason, she would have to sit out the camp for seven days. Love you all. So I'll see you Friday. Home so yes. Yeah. Is there any more details that I need to know about? Shoot them to me. Just come and preach the gospel, six PM. If you wanted some food, hang out. Okay. You know, all y'all invited of course. Uh it's uh super chill. Cool. But um if you wanna Minister at the end, whatever. If not, if you want to teach and pray, that's good. Cool. Sweet. Uh, I'll pray about it and see what God wants. Yeah, whatever, whatever, you know. But yeah, it is the address and everything is there, and you are welcome to send them all. Okay. wants to come. Okay. So looking forward, bro. Sweet. Dope. Love I'm excited. Love you guys. Love you, man. Bye. Bye. Um. So yeah. Uh, Meekness is great. Meekness, I actually sat in on a lot of their discussions just because I love the subject of meekness. I've learned to love it. God has been dealing with a lot of my pride over the past couple months, which has been super cool. So um, pride is the enemy of meekness. Uh, Next and finally, we have temperance. Would you like to go, Evan, or would you like to let someone else to speak? No, I got it. Tight. I was hoping you'd say that. So... Temperance means to be even keel. It's like the suave, calm, cool, and collected. You know, very level-headed. And not saying like it's like an attitude or like a personality or whatever. Like you don't have to be like this perfectly calm and cool, collected person all the time. But in your faith and in your walk with Jesus and in, in your faith we look for temperance um, so our first question was um, why are bishops um, why, why, why do we look to bishops or why do people look at us as Christians um, to be temperate and what what does that basically what does that mean yeah. um, so our answer uh, having self-control ensures that um, his witness is not ruined in the eyes of 
we put believers and non-believers. And basically it, it goes, you know, the, the scripture says, um, what was it? Don't don't be drunken of wine, don't don't be um, greedy, yeah. don't greed or lust or yeah. Yeah, any of that stuff. Basically like don't be caught up in the sin like sin and don't um, let people see you be disobedient. Mm. Um, and reason being is, and we've all been there, you know, especially people who are not Christians, like, oh, you're a Christian, but you do this, or you did those things. Why did you do that? Like, that's not what a Christian is supposed to do. And the reason that I'm saying to be temperate in those things is, you know, because then it doesn't give those people reason to question us. Um, it doesn't, as we said here, ruin God's witness. You know, we are we are his witness. We are supposed to be the example. Um, not that we are perfect every time. Right. That's very hard. I don't want to say impossible because one, one person got it, right? <laughs> all things are possible. Yeah, all, all things are possible for faith. <laughs> Drop that one down. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really liked this. I, I think this is like the most important out of like all of the examples of temperance. Yeah. Um, cause I feel like just as the body, and not saying like in this room, but like as a whole, a, a lot of Christians fall short of this. Um, and it's not easy. Yeah. Like, no one is perfect. Yeah. I just had a thought. Hi. Hi. I was going to hi. <laughs> um, I feel like the main difference, too, is like when we do mess up, we're admitting our fault and changing our mind. Mm. Um, you know, asking forgiveness. And I think that's the key for, I, I mean, you're getting to this point. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that's like something that really changes. And that's an example is like, oh, this person did mess up. And they're a Christian, I'm not, but they're apologizing to me. And that says a big deal. Like, that says a lot. Because someone who's not a Christian most likely wouldn't do that. Yeah. Right. Um, so. And I think that's where, like, the meekness comes in. Like, sh showing, like, you're right, I did mess up, and I apologize. Like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't mm -hmm. let you see that. Um, our next question was, what role does temperance play in the other characteristics to allow the walk in divine nature? Um, well, what we came up with was um, self-control, brotherly kindness, patience. Um, if we lack these things, we will basically be blind. Mm -hmm. And temperance is the key ingredient of those things. Meaning, so it's, we've been talking about this full circle that, you know, uh, self-control, brotherly kindness, and patience is being temperance, and temperance is those things. It's that they're like the answers to each other. Yeah. Um, again, just like really important, like being temperate in our faith and like following those rules and those guidelines that have been like clearly laid out to us yeah. um, goes back again into like showing unbelievers um, what it means to walk in faith and be a Christian. Um, yeah, I, just, I really like that word like blindness, like because I, I, I feel as like if you're, you're blind to like your own faith. Mm -hmm. um, which like actually sounds really terrifying. <laughs> uh, at least I, I thought. Um, <laughs> you also have experience in, in some of that as well. So <laughs> maybe, a little, maybe a little bit. What do you mean blindness? Is that what you said? Blindness. Yeah. 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 What do you mean? Do you want to read the verse to them? Yeah, yeah it's um, First uh, Peter. I got the yeah. verse. It was Peter two through nine. Yeah, there's a the whole second. list of things yeah. it's talking about becoming partakers of the divine nature. Uh, and he says, For this reason, make every effort to add virtue to your faith, 
into your virtue knowledge, into your knowledge self-control, which is our fruit, uh, into your self-control patient endurance, into your patient endurance godliness, into your godliness brotherly kindness, into your brotherly kindness love. For if these things reside in you and abound, they ensure that you will neither be useless nor fruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But the one who lacks these things is blind and short-sighted because he has forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. One thing I said about these passages of scripture that were like given to us for finding the answers to these questions, um, they were they are clear instruction of what temperance is, um, which I really like when like the Bible just lays out in like plain English. Yeah. Well. It's plain Our translation is very It's not like over spiritualized or right. like open ended like, to. It's just like that here it is. This is it. Do this. If you don't, this is the repercussion. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, our, our last question was how does temperance relate to running our race well? Um, and running our race being like our walk with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, we put basically like basic simple stuff practice what you preach uh training self-control will let us obtain holiness uh master over our flesh walking in temperance affects all aspects of life um i think that's pretty self-explanatory um you know please we were talking about you know like building your foundation um you gotta build a foundation on something solid and if you start from the basics and continue to build up from there it becomes easier yeah um being faithful in the little things yeah mm-hmm. absolutely Is having a, a circle again having a having a meek or humble beginning right help you see temperate and builds faith mm. in order to be meek you have to be temperate I'm on mm-hmm. a race. Mm-hmm. When we talk about mm-hmm. temperance, I was thinking about, you know, if you start off in a race and you run a marathon, you take off, mm-hmm. you know, buck wild. I mean, you're, you're not going to make it to the end. You take house. off too slow. Then, right, and yes. then, yeah. If you go too slow, you know, you'll be left way behind. Yeah. And so should be kind of kind of like what Elliot said earlier about meekness, you know, in like modern day society, we, we think of like meekness as like weakness. Yeah. You know, they sound very similar. Um, yeah, and just like in my household growing up, especially like my stepdad. Any of you who have met him, he's a very strong personality, and mm-hmm. he does. You know, he he would sit here and be like, "Oh no, meekness means you're weak," and you know, temperance, uh, you know, is just another sign of weakness. You know, you have to, you know, grab the world by the cones and uh, <laughs> really you know, take action, and you know, everything is now. But in fact, you know, scripture tells us the opposite, you know, be level-headed, don't be brash or brash or, you know, do crazy things and, you know, be patient, be kind, be temperate. Yeah. 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 I don't know if you guys had anything else you wanted to add to that. Sweet. Well, I forgot to do this after our, our meekness group, but let's give the people who uh, studied out meekness and temperance a round of applause. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Everybody deserves a round of applause tonight. You guys like did awesome. I hope you enjoyed this. Um, so let's 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 wrap this up. Um, do you have anything to add before we discuss, Joseph? Um, with just studying the word temperance, I love that I also often found the word strength related to it as well. And that, I mean, if you think about being temperate, yeah. you can't be weak and be temperate. Yeah. <laughs> you have to have a strength to go with it. And and really, it ties back to what, you know, we, we were just talking about, that it has to tie with our faith and it has to tie with mm-hmm. um, our meekness. So I yeah. just love how all of it really just comes together. Yeah. Yep. So you guys planned it. <gasps> what? God planned it. One of the one of the definitions of temperance is self control. And when you when you study out the word temperance in the Bible, if you go 
trace it back in the Strong's far enough, it's actually a combination of two words. The first word meaning master, and the second word meaning strength. So if you're, if you're walking in temperance, you're a master of your strength. Um, which I think is super powerful. Again, goes back to the whole concept of meekness. And I just, you know, I just love that. I, I think it's so cool. I think it's so powerful. Um, again, this is one of the reasons, one of the cool reasons why, like, studying your Bible, really digging deep, finding out the root words of things is, like, such an important thing because you gain so much more. So much more and such a better understanding of a lot of what God is trying to say. Um, and, and, and why certain words were used the way that they're used um, in the original language. Uh, you know, so um, I think that's super cool. Uh, we, again, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I'm not going to give you a scripture reference. I think that you guys can go find this yourself, especially if you're familiar enough with the story of Joseph. Um, but Joseph is one of my favorite examples of self-control or temperance in the Bible because at a certain point he is a servant of this man named Potiphar and Potiphar's wife says, I got the hots for Joseph, I'm going to sleep with him. And Joseph says, no. Um, Joseph had so much self-control that rather than falling into sin with this woman and actually sleeping with her, uh, he chooses to run away naked because she's grabbed his cloak and his cloak has fallen off. He would rather be naked in the streets and be, be faithful, right? And have meekness and be in self-control uh, and have self-control um, than actually fall into this sin that is laid out so perfectly for him by the enemy and the enemy's tactics. Um, Saint, just an, another reason why him running away naked is a big deal. Because if you look at Leviticus, you are not supposed to uncover anybody. Right. right. And the fact that he ran away naked because he would rather be in his self-control and break one of the laws is huge. Because he's like, nope, I'm really not going to do that one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. One of the things, too, again, this tying back to some of the first things that were said about uh, faith now faith is just so uh, intertwined with everything else is that um, one of the things that has to do with faith that one of the things that the group talked the faith group talked about was that faith is not a feeling it's 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 something that you have to continue to do like you faith it until you make it and so in a lot of these things when it comes to being both meek and temperate oftentimes we don't feel like being those things we have to choose to be those things by faith and I think that's a big deal um, praise God that I choose to be both temperate and uh, self-controlled every day and I don't roam around naked because if <laughs> I had the choice, that's what I would do. Um, <laughs> uh, so, um, but anyway. That's little, on the internet. <laughs> uh, it is now. A um, little humor thrown in there. So, um, or, or it will be later after it's... Uh, yeah, Cameron will probably edit that out, but no, um, no, he probably won't. Yeah, Cameron, don't edit this out. Anyway, so anyway, um, that's pretty much everything, and we've ended this within an hour. So I'm gonna pray wow. and turn this off. Uh, you guys did an awesome job. You should be proud of yourselves. You should. Yeah. I hope that you guys liked it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you did like it, that's. Awesome. Maybe we'll do this again soon. This is what happens when Kate gets to teach one night. This was 100% her idea. I'm going to give... My gift Yeah. Just to give honor to her. She came up with the idea. Yeah. super awesome. So maybe we'll do this again sometime soon. Who knows? So I'm going to pray. And then... We'll just, I don't know, do whatever. Feel free to hang out, get food. Anybody wants prayer for anything? If you guys, yeah, if you guys want prayer for anything, like, maybe we can do that for a little bit. Um, I know the other week we talked about the leadership team really felt like healing was a big thing that needed to happen. I still feel like that, but that's just a call that I know that I have on my life. Um, it's just praying for people and their healing. So if you need prayer for anything tonight, specifically healing-wise, let us know. Um, and we will definitely pray. And outside of that, uh, I'm just going to pray. We're going to end this, and then we'll Sweet. do whatever. So, Dad, we just come before you right now in the name of Jesus, and we just thank you so much for everything that you did tonight. I thank you so much for the fruit 
uh, that came of tonight, that the fruit of tonight has just been awesome, especially considering that it was about the fruit of the Spirit. So that's just a nice little, you know, nice little circle again. Uh, we just thank you for, the, for faith and faithfulness, for meekness, uh, and for temperance, also known as self-control, and just the role that they play in our lives or that they play in our faith. Um, we just ask that you continue to help us manifest those things daily, that you would show us how to walk them out um, and just keep bringing that whole, the Holy Spirit's voice to us um, to help us walk those things out, to remind us of what Scripture says, to remind us of your love and the love you have for others, uh, the love you have for us, because um, sometimes we need that fruit towards us too. Um, we just love you, Dad. You're just so good. We thank you for this time of fellowship and community. And we just give you all the honor and glory and praise in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message on the Identity House Ministries podcast. If you are interested in finding out more about our ministry, you can find us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash Identity House. We pray that today's teaching brings you in closer relationship with God the Father and empowers you to walk in your God-given identity.